On today's episode of the Amped Up 211 podcast, James Kelcagny. James is the founder of Liquid Limbs, a team of engineers and industry experts committed to developing and manufacturing innovative devices and mobility aids to improve accessibility, independence, comfort, and overall quality of life. His latest invention, the Navigator, is highly anticipated by the entire amputee community. It is our pleasure to introduce Mr. James Kelcagny. James, it's great to see you today. Thank you so much for coming in and being on the show. I know we've been trying to hook up, so to speak, in the podcast world. We've had a, a, a few attempts, and here you are today. How are you? Hey, Rich. It's really good to be here. Excited to uh, have this conversation with you and and uh, just get a chance to talk with you. And I, I've listened to several of the episodes, um, so so it's very exciting to be actually part of the show now. Oh my gosh, um, that's so nice. Brian, someone's actually listening to the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> this is phenomenal. We have a fan. Um, so yes, I appreciate that. And we are wanting to get your story and the story about your your company, Liquid Limbs, out into the amputee community and do some great things together with this uh, product that you've created, The Navigator. And I think so much of these types of interviews, because I've, I've done this a few times now, you know, something that, let's say, there's, uh, there's a backdrop that is is sort of built around, you know, a product or a particular uh, charity or effort to improve the lives of amputees, and I th I think where my fascination starts with people like yourself, James, is I want people to know a little bit about you, and mm -hmm. certainly I know being as, as entrepreneurial as you are as a person, you know, putting putting your heart and soul into this company, into this product, you're super, super anxious to talk about, you know, that and and the objectives, you know, built around that. But I, I think an important connection point for people when they think about what you're going to be offering the community is who is this guy? And I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. So after I became an amputee, I, I wanted to go back to something that I loved in my younger years, which was cycling. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I rode my bike, uh, you know, a lot when I had two legs. So wanting to go back to that was really important to me. And so many of the sort of comeback stories with, with amputees is built around adaptive devices, things that allow us to traverse uh, certain bridges, certain pathways to reach our goals, which again, it is what the navigator is all about. But for my particular scenario, I had discovered that what was probably gonna be the safest thing for me to do as an amputee was to get involved with e-biking. So, E-biking being that you have a throttle capacity with an e-bike. So the biggest fear as an amputee, especially when you're doing a solo ride, is 
what happens if my leg malfunctions? What happens if suddenly I lose the ability to pedal myself home? And that's a stress point and certainly a fear that a lot of amputees have about doing active things on their own because they worry about an equipment failure. And certainly I can't crawl home like a baby all the way home. So e-biking made a lot of sense in, in, in that it created a safety net for me where I could just, if something were to happen, I don't, I, if my, if my uh, prosthesis suddenly fails on me, it's not as if I, I can't balance anymore. It's just now I have to throttle all the way home because I've, I've lost the ability to pedal the bike. So that was a big thing for me. But getting back to my original point was I really wanted to get into the history of who was creating the bikes, what their stories were. And I discovered a company based out of California called Saunders, which a guy named Storm Saunders, and that's actually his name, Storm. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I wish my name was Storm. That is a cool name. That would be awesome. Although Storm Bonkowski, I don't know, that doesn't really have a ring to it. Um, so I had sort of gotten into his story, which was he was a California kind of surfer type that had gone through an injury and he was wanting to get active again. And he found that e-bikes were a great way to get active again and to be able to acclimate to doing something very active that didn't necessarily risk an injury for him again and allowed him to sort of ramp up his progress slowly. But he, of course, discovered that e-bikes were very expensive, so he wanted to create an e-bike that was affordable. He did a Kickstarter campaign. You know, he was, he was kind of this really, really cool kind of story as far as the individual, which obviously led to this enormous company now that has a full line of all kinds of different e-bikes and you know they they do huge business all over the globe. So getting back to that is when I think about you James, I want to know a little bit more about you and know what your life path was like and what led you to doing what you do now, which is creating this device for people with limb loss, limb difference, maybe uh, even a uh, temporary disability, let's call it, because mm -hmm. someone could use the navigator uh, if they weren't an amputee, if they were just trying to not bear weight on a particular part of their body. So what were you like as a kid? How would you describe yourself? Yeah, wow. Thank you, um, Rich, for that story. Um, and it, it really helps shed light um, like your personal experience um, looking for that bike because something for me has been super important. Uh, I'm not an amputee. Um, and so empathizing with the community and really understanding their problems and what they're looking for has been super important. And so I'm glad you you kind of actually are bringing this up because it, it has been something that I think for me has been super important. Um, unique of mine is my ability to really empathize with the community. Um, and so, so you ask growing up as a kid, actually, when I was eight years old, um, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. And so, so as a kid, uh, I actually was really sick. Uh, so I was in a lot of doctor's offices, um, more, 
more often than school, I was actually going to doctor's offices growing up. So, so starting at, you know, eight years old until I was 19 years old, um, that was, that was my experience. I had a lot of really severe pain, um, and, and really, um, significant fatigue. Um, and so, so this was kind of, um, my, my outlook was, was with, through this, this lens. And so when I went for, for college, for university, I actually decided to go for biomedical engineering, um, to, to hopefully engineer a cure for Lyme disease was my original plan. Um, um, and, and, and really focused on just like finding a solution for myself, um, that would just allow me to live a like better life. And, uh, so that's kind of, kind of the story of how I, how I got involved with biomedical engineering. Uh, it goes a little bit farther actually when I was at, so I went to Penn state, um, university, uh, when I was there, I actually, I got another tick bite. Um, and it crashed my whole system. I spent a couple of weeks in the hospital uh. able to, um, you know, move and I'm able to get out of bed and just in a, a ton of really extreme pain. Uh, at this time I was taking over 40 medications every single day. Um, like all these different pills. And so 40 pills every day, um, like seven different antibiotics, a lot of different, uh, heavy duty medications, Seroquel, lithium, like these really serious drugs, um, they were giving me. And, uh, so out of that, I finally found someone that was able to help me, um, luckily, and, and I was able to get better. I was able to get off all the medications, um, but, it, but it kind of shifted my, my mindset, um, actually, towards, towards like um, living, actually, just um, in general. And so that's when I, when I went forward with, with school, I, I went into mechanical engineering. Um, I wanted to make more solutions for different problems. And... Um, I got involved with robotics and and uh, these exoskeleton devices that help you walk walk better. And we were using them for rehabilitation for people with um, MS. And so got really passionate about that that I could like use my en- engineering skills to help people um, live their lives better. And I, I was found I was really able to empathize. Coming back to that point with uh, with people that have MS and people that have disabilities. Um, while I'm making these devices, because I had experienced, while it's not exactly the same, like my own kind of disability growing up, and and I knew what a lot of the sim- similar pain points were, um, and and those missing out on those opportunities, and so um, that just naturally led me to find prosthetics, and it's it's been something that I've become so passionate about, um, and I, as I engage with um, people in the community that share their stories with me, I often find I have a lot of synergies with with the amputee community so even though i'm not an amputee i've i've been able to find that i i really understand a lot of the the things that they tell me or and when i when i don't i i'm always there to ask questions and learn more um and 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 kind of get get the better picture because i ultimately i'm not creating this device or like these products for myself it's for for other people so i i want to really make sure i understand their um their situation and, and their their kind of perspective on the on the products and also on um just just on making sure the solution makes sense for them. So um, you're then, yeah, right, I don't mean to break yeah. your momentum. So so you're so so you're so you're very much not a stranger to uh, chronic disease. 
Mm. You had, um, you know, a life experience that was based in uh, a very, very rigorous and strugglesome medical journey. Uh, you sound sounds like at a very young age, you were spending a lot of time in hospitals. You were spending a lot of time in, let's call it, uh, a series of diagnosis and also different types of treatment plans to try to get your arms around what was bringing you pain and fatigue. And yes, I do think that that type of life experience can really set the stage for who you are as a person. And I've met plenty of people who have never, I mean, literally aside from, let's say, the common cold, have never experienced a medical event really in their life. And the first thing I will say is good for you. That, that's wonderful. However, when the time comes, and it comes for everyone, we all experience some sort of medical event at some point in our lives. It's just because we're fragile creatures. It's going to be rough because if you're not used to that, if you've never experienced that, there's this thing that goes on with your body, and I know I have felt this at different points in my own uh, lifetime. You feel as if your body has betrayed you. You feel as if your body is sort of like working against you, where you have all these hopes and dreams, you have all these things that you want to do, and your body is essentially blocking you from doing those things. To experience life on a level that you feel you're capable of, but it just continues to hold you back. And, you know, your your work in the engineering fields, your education, and then the subsequent sort of vision of creating this device obviously makes a lot more sense now because here's a young kid who came from a chronic condition really experience firsthand what something that is holding you back in a permanent state feels like. And very often, amputees struggle with that because there's that sense of loss. Mm -hmm. And then we learn how to accept what the cards that we've been dealt, and then we get on with it. But what's very exciting about what you're doing with Liquid Limbs, and in particular, the Navigator, uh, which we're going to talk about, is you're giving amputees, people with limb differences, an opportunity to live a better life in order to do some of the things that may seem very, very laborious without this device. And when would you say, given all of that experience you had with the exoskeleton, because you're, you're working with people that are disabled, let's say MS patients, people that need help in their daily movements. When did you sort of traverse that into like the amputee space? When was that sort of, when did your familiarity with amputees become a thing for you? Right, right now. I, um, 
it was it was not like a one thing and then all of a sudden I was I was building prosthetic legs it was it was kind of a like a build up and and I uh I started with that research lab building these exoskeletons and I was learning so much cuz I was like the only undergrad in the lab it was a bunch of PhD students and I was really learning kind of like what goes into designing one of these devices and and so learning this design process um I actually did an internship with with a company called Medispionics. They had a relationship uh, with the lab, actually. And so I did a summer internship with Medist, and that really opened my eyes um, to this, this world uh, more in particular. And, and so I did a, a project for that internship where I designed um, these finger, these 3D printed finger prostheses for people with partial digit amputations. And so, um, ultimately created a, a product actually for that was 3D printed so we can make these really low cost devices for people that that didn't have the full mobility with their fingers. And so I, I think I had a turning point when I, I gave this um, device, which I had completely designed myself, um, this 3D printed finger um, to it. Was a, he was a nurse and uh, we made him one that was custom just for him. And like seeing his face light up when he was able to type you know, and, and use the finger to like turn a Rubik's cube and stuff like that really like um, gave me this feeling that like I was giving something like back to someone that, that they didn't have before um, and, and that they thought they had like lost and that now all of a sudden they could do like typing was really important for him. Um, and, and seeing that kind of over the summer when they, they would put the legs on patients, people would walk for the first time, like those feelings really, really stuck out to me. Like I want to I want to give this to people. I, I, I can uh, I can make people's lives better, and so so that was kind of the big thing. And then then learning of the problem that that a lot of these devices aren't waterproof, and that that this is actually an issue. Um, that even they they make these very expensive legs. Um, people can't use them to do all the same things that that we're we're necessarily able to do, like fully able bodied. Um, that that just made me realize this is a problem that needs to be addressed, and so that became my senior design uh, project at Temple, and it's been my my focus since then. It's been been these devices, um, specifically. Yeah, and so that transition makes a lot more sense now, given that you were exposed to someone that was uh, you, you were you were sort of had a front row seat, let's call it, to seeing what happens when someone that has experienced limb loss, uh, whether that was hands, feet, whatever, uh, suddenly was given the ability to, you know, use their hands again, walk again, do something that maybe for most of their life they had taken for granted, but was sort of ripped away from them. And mm -hmm. now they were doing it again for the first time. So that energy, sounds like that energy really, really gave you a high spiritually, yeah. mentally, how, however you want to, you know, phrase it. And then you thought, okay, very often these devices can't be used in certain situations. I had a prosthesis that I, I, I am, I'm no longer in it, but I had a prosthesis that had a hydraulic ankle um, on it and if there was anything I was told specifically over and over again is do not get this wet. 
do not don't don't go through a puddle i mean i even had a technician tell me try to avoid uh you know areas with high humidity <laughs> oh my gosh you can't go outside right <laughs> i thought here's your your fifty thousand dollar leg but you can't go outside i'm like what, what do you mean <laughs> i can't go outside when it's humid oh my god <laughs> And Chicago summers are are can be pretty brutal in the humidity category, so wow. I thought, okay, well, I, I guess I won't be going outside. So there are limitations with certain technology, and this adaptive device that you've you've created, this assistive device, the navigator. When when did that sort of enter your consciousness? When did that suddenly sort of become, you know, your little brainchild? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so following that internship, we I had a we had to do a senior design project at Temple, and so this was actually the topic um, that was the focus of my project. And it wasn't just me; I had I had some team members on my on my project team. Um, so three women engineers, all women on my team. Um, they were like super brilliant too. So I had like the cream of the crop in my engineering class, um, really bright women on my team. And, uh, and so we just started to explore this problem of what, um, what it means when, when people are saying that most of these devices like aren't waterproof. Um, and so actually, um, to learn about this, cause I think that there was a really big knowledge gap in the beginning about, about these devices and and what people were looking for, and so actually my solution was I went on Instagram um, and I looked up hashtag amputee and I just started messaging all the people that I see that were like lower limb amputees on on Instagram um, and just messaging them and asking them questions and uh, I basically asked everyone if, if they'd be open to do an interview um, and and I just started talking to people in the amputee community. And so that is where once I like because I was starting the project, but I didn't know what we were going to do yet. But once I started asking this question to all these people in the amputee community, kind of like, like, what do you do when you go to the pool? What do you do when you go to the beach? How do you live? Like, 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 what if you go in the rain in the puddles? Like, so I'd ask questions like this just because I had no idea. Um, so I'd ask all these people the same kind of list of 30 questions, 20, 30 questions. And uh, one of the one of the people um, it was a young boy and uh, told me this story when he goes to a water park um, in order to go down the slide at the water park, you can't wear your prosth prosthetic leg. A lot of the times they don't let you because it's like a safety hazard. Um, and so he would actually have to crawl up on his hands and knees on these like spiky metal steps mm. just to go down the slide at the water park. And that really got to me. I think maybe because I, I remembered all the, the things that I wasn't able to do, I guess when I was that age um, with the Lyme disease and this like, the fact that he like now has to like crawl up the stairs at the, and I was like, nope, that can't be the problem. Like I'm an engineer, like I'm gonna make a leg that allows, like if our legs can go down the slide, then it's just a problem with technology. Like the technology isn't there to match what our legs are, are doing, um, able to go down the slide and able to walk up the slide. So we're, we're going to make something. I'm an engineer. We're going to make something that solves the problem. That was basically my idea. And then I just kept interviewing people and realized the shower was a really, really important problem for everybody I was talking to, that just standing in the shower, trying to take a shower, um, 
this was the problem. And so we hyper-focused on the shower um, and, and making a device just for standing in the shower. And so that's kind of how what led to focus on the navigator. And then we, we've gone from there with the product. Yeah. So, that, so it, if I could, you know, describe it a bit, um, I've been fortunate enough to view a prototype and uh, been allowed to use a prototype is just being transparent here um, is this is essentially uh, I guess most amputees would pr probably look at this as let's call it kind of kind of I guess the way to describe it would be it's sort of a crutch but not really a crutch it's something that allows me to bear weight with my residual limb it's not socket based it's more of a cradle that your your residual limb sits in and uh there's a brief acclimation period that allows you to uh you know slowly work with it to the point where you can you can perform for me anyway it, it's been uh giving me the ability to perform uh, pretty simple tasks, uh, walking across the room, getting in and out of the shower, making a meal, uh, get going from, you know, let's say, you know, the couch to the bathroom, doing, doing things that would normally require many amputees that are not in their prosthesis, which we all know donning a prosthesis can be a bit of a process for people. This is a quick sort of change, quick exchange type of situation. You're not putting on a gel liner. You're not donning a, a socket-based prosthesis. You're essentially just dropping, you know, sort of setting your limb into this device, strapping it on very quickly, and away you go. Um, I mean, am I, am, am I off the mark here, or is that I think you did a, a great job describing it. Yeah, it's it's like a, a mobility aid, right? Yeah. Um, like a specialty kind of cane uh, that just helps you stand in the shower, do do what you need to do um, in the bathroom, and and uh, and the, the whole thing we designed um, really based on what people were telling us they wanted to do with it. So they wanted to be able to stand in the shower. They wanted to be able to wash their residual limb in the shower. So so it's got this like open socket so you can wash and clean your limb and you don't have to yep. you know take it off during the shower. So you can you can access your leg. Um it's it's uh you know it's compactable so you can take all these things apart, put it with you in a bag if you want to go travel to like a hotel or something like this. Um you could yeah. bring it with you. I, I want to um, make I want to make mention of that. Came out of the, what the community was looking for. Yeah, I I want to I want to highlight that. Uh this is collapsible. It can be taken apart and easily put back together. Goes into a travel bag. There have been many, many times that I have been in a hotel and we all have, as amputees, we all have our routines at home. The things that we get used to, that we're comfortable with, as far as the way we transition from our bed, let's say, to the bathroom, to going into an area, whether that be a shower or a bathtub, whatever we're doing, we're very used to that. And what can be sort of mind-blowing is when we travel. When we go to a hotel, we go to a room, let's say, that is not necessarily accessible. 
we don't have all the comforts that we're used to in our home environment, this is a perfect device that would allow you to be able to navigate an unfamiliar space like a hotel very easily. And you can just pack it in your bag. It's not something like a prosthesis that's necessarily very bulky for some. I know some some people, you know, there's, there's, there's quite a bit of gear, quite a bit of equipment. Um, not only can you get it wet, so now you're going in the shower with it, which with many prosthesis, you cannot get them wet. And it certainly cuts down in terms of timing. Let's say, for lack of a better phrase, you've got an urgency and you got to get to the bathroom. I mean, some, sometimes donning a prosthesis in that situation, you just don't have the time. You don't have the time. And, you know, it, it, it's super helpful to have this. And we're, we're, we're going to definitely uh, show plenty of images uh, on this episode, at least the video portion, if you can check it out, of what the Navigator looks like and, um, you know, what, what purposes uh, it serves. And I know you've been doing uh, some product testing at this point, James. You're you're employing people like myself in order to get some real time feedback yeah. on what the navigator does, what what is good about it, the bad, the ugly, ev- everything. You you seem to be anxious to get feedback. Yeah. So. Yeah. Explain to me how that process has been going. You know, what 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 kind of commentary, what adjustments have you made? What what has that experience been like for you? Yeah, I'd love to talk more about this because this is really exciting what's going on right now. Um, you were one of the actually the first people to to get this device um out cool. in the MPC community. Um just gl- so glad I connected with you. Um and, and and all these other people that are are testing it right now actually were some of the first people that I initially interviewed, you know, on Instagram. Um, I, I, I wanted this to be something that obviously it's something that's coming from the community, but I want, I want the voices of the community also to continue helping me guide this as I'm, I make the product. Like I said, I'm, I'm not an amputee. I'm making this, you know, for amputees. So, so it's very critical that amputees are testing it, um, giving their feedback. So we have had some, Really, really cool pieces of feedback that uh, we're making some some modifications. So you, you should be getting a version two um, sometime in the near future, hopefully, um, and see what you think about the uh, the changes and improvements. Uh, some of those, one of them is like seems kind of basic, but it's just the, the height of the handle. Um, for some people, it was a little bit the the max height was still a little bit too short, so they. Um, they needed to like kind of bend a little bit to use it, and it just wasn't comfortable at that height. So we're we're length, making it a little bit longer. We um, actually it was before designed to the size of the three D printer. So we're we're, uh, we're we got a bigger printer, and and so we're making that change. Uh, same thing with the handle with the grip, uh, making it more accessible for people with different hand sizes. Um, so some people that weren't able to kind of hold it the way it was situated. Um, we're making those changes, and then we're testing it, making sure people like it, and then and then we'll do it again if it, if we if they don't like the the revised version. Um, and then the the straps, we're making uh, material changes uh, for the straps, make it a little bit more comfortable, and um, providing some more options for straps. So we want people to have uh, different options to thra- strap around the thigh, strap around parts of the leg, um, whatever. 
um, whatever is most comfortable for them so that so they can kind of um, set it up in a way that works for them. And then and then um, we do have some small changes with the the pins. Um, so it'll be an easier pin system. So it'll be easier to slide uh, the parts on and off and adjust the height. Um, and uh, and it won't be like a separate device. It'll be like contained within the device. Uh, so it'll just be a, a, overall a better user experience and a more comfortable. Um, and, and the one big one, the big change that I'm making is um, it's all going to be dishwasher safe. So that's going to be kind of <laughs> that's our, awesome. Our thing. <laughs> Claim to fame is, is everything. You're going to be able to throw it in the dishwasher um, and just clean it. Um, easy to dry and clean. Um, just every time you're done, you want to you want to throw it in the dishwasher. That's that's our prosthetic leg. So, um, that's, yeah. How, that's how, how many it, how many prosthetic how many prosthesis can you just throw in your dishwasher? <laughs> I mean that that's that's pretty amazing and so important that you are harvesting this data and mm-hmm. you are focusing hyper focusing on that feedback and making all of those all of those adjustments so that we can have the best experience possible with it. it you know and and this may be speculation but in a in a perfect world let's call it mm-hmm. when do you think this this uh, groundbreaking product is going to be available yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you. I want to I want to make it available right now too. Yeah. Um. I and uh, this this data has been like it's been super critical. Um. And and these changes, um, I, I think are going to make a really big difference actually. And um. And this is not just like a one time thing. We've been we've been iterating this whole time. Um. Since we started going back and forth with the amputee community, making sure we make the best product possible. Um. For them, and so so getting it out on the market has been a it's been a, a process a lot longer than I thought it would have been. I, I, I was hoping it'd be it'd be there by now for you guys, but um, so we're gonna make this round of changes. I want to get more of these prototypes out and and to the people. Make sure that everyone really loves the product, and then we're going to be um, um, basically launching it on Kickstarter campaign, which has been kind of delayed until we really want or finalize happy with the the product. Um, like everything perfect and we have the number of people that we think are necessary to launch on Kickstarter. Um, so we do have it available on our website to pre-register now. If you want to be on like our list, they can just, they go through liquidlimbs.com and you can get like pre-registered to, to kind of get it when it comes, like when it's out. I'm hoping um, sometime in the next few months that we will be launching on Kickstarter. Okay. Um, and I think with with you know support with from people like you and people in the community, um, spreading awareness like this, we're we're definitely gonna um, be able to to launch successfully and and have it have it go. And and so that's not not so much my concern. It's um, more more right now actually getting a couple of legal situations uh, tightened up and uh, and getting funding. We do need some funding to to bring this to market. So that's been been kind of my my focus um, and, and making sure we, we get this. Um, but but I, I feel um, from the feedback I have received very actually good about the product. So, so we're kind of changing little, little things like you heard um, like the shape and curve of this and the, the height of this, but, but ultimately the, we've got really great feedback um, that people want this product and they, they want to use it and, and have it in their lives. So, so that's um, very exciting for us and, and I'm, I'm excited to, get it out there as fast as possible. I don't want yeah, to, I So want to, you're in a, like a product testing phase. Uh, it sounds like 
once you get your prototype, let's let's call it, you know, 99% there, yeah. then you're moving into this funding phase, which is the Kickstarter uh, idea. And then mm-hmm. once you can ramp up funds for production, I'm assuming, production and marketing, I think would be, you know, the big, sort of the big steps there. Um, I would say... Uh, you know, uh, would we be talking by the beginning of next year? I mean, is that feasible? Definitely, definitely, definitely. I, I'm really my hope is is we can in the next month get some more of these units uh, back. Up. My original number was fifty. I wanted fifty people, fifty amputees to test the device. So whether or not we hit that number. Um, we'll definitely make sure we have enough people using this thing to test and make sure we, we've had our satisfaction criteria met. Um, and then um, basically, like marketing, the, the funding right now is, is more of the marketing side, so we can r- launch it on Kickstarter. Um, and, and so, yeah, so so definitely, like this year, like that, we're working on this. I'm working on it every day, um, making yeah. this get out there. So. Um, I don't know. It's coming. It's definitely coming. Do you feel like do you feel like that's the biggest yeah. challenge, though? I mean, when it, th- these are great ideas, people have great ideas. They're they're innovators. They're visionaries. But you know, getting the you know sort of traction, let's yeah. call it, and creating forward movement, uh, obviously re- requires resources that we don't always anticipate. And it takes time. Time yeah. is a critical piece because um, it sounds like we've got something here that definitely there's a demand for. Mm-hmm. It's getting very, very positive response. However, there are just challenges in that bringing it to market yeah. ca- ca- kind of concept. And very often, things like Kickstarter whether that be you know any kind of private funding if people want to reach out to James and his team and figure out ways to give this thing a little bit of rocket fuel let's call it to well, we pu- can use some of that <laughs> yeah to to push to push it along and get it to a much needed community that very right. often struggles in silence and one of the reasons, you know, I'm not personally like a big, I'm not really like a big endorser of products necessarily. That's not really my thing. Right. I think, I think for me, first of all, what fascinated me about you is obviously your age, you're a young guy. So I mm-hmm. see you sort of doing these very, very, you know, kind of impressive pursuits in this space, trying to create something for a community that I'm also very passionate about, but then being having the opportunity to actually use a prototype mm-hmm. and to see how valuable this is for people like myself. Very yeah. often, people don't see the the potential or the possibilities in life as an amputee because they just don't have the equipment to get them there. So if someone were to give me a walker, let's say, and said, 
well, this is this is now your way to get around. This is it. Right. Uh, everywhere you go, everything you do, you're going to use a walker. And I mean, I'm sure I'm sure I would, you know, it would build my upper body strength. Let's call it. But that closes off a huge amount of uh, possibilities for me in terms of my life and my lifestyle and all the things that I want to do. And things like the Navigator, they're kind of like the gateway to getting to the next level, to mm-hmm. realizing I can be more active, I can do more things, I can improve my mobility, right? Because so often amputees are transferring from a wheelchair onto a shower seat. And we all know that staying in a seated position as an amputee isn't necessarily the best thing for you. And getting up, getting mobile, getting upright, let's call it, is a huge health benefit for people like ourselves. And, um, you know, I would encourage anyone that is moved by James, uh, his story, the products that he's creating, and if you're interested, please, you know, seek out James. Uh, it's it's liquidlimbs.com. They have a website and soon to be having, uh, you know, a Kickstarter, which uh, I'm sure you're going to be doing some posting about that as well. Yeah. And th- this is a very, very important thing. So uh, we're, we're, we're asking the, the more fortunate of us, let's say, to, con- to consider helping, helping this cause and bring it, bring it to market sooner than later. Because we all know uh, in these situations, these entrepreneurial situations, uh, capital is a big part of the puzzle, you know? And, you know... Uh, I was going to ask you, you know, I know Liquid Limbs is a company, Navigator is a product. Where else do you see yourself going with this? I mean, Liquid Limbs is a company. What what other ideas do you have? Are there other ideas? What do you think? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I, I am so passionate to get this one out there because I already have a design for above-the-knee amputees that mm-hmm. I want to get out there next. And, like, it just makes sense you know to do this do this one first but like i have there's other communities that also need help and need products like this um so so i've got a design that i want to i want to push for the above the knee group as soon as this below the knee one's out on the market um as and then once we have these are the shower legs right the navigators um and then i i want to do a a beach leg like a pool leg that's uh, more affordable and we have a lot of, I've got a bunch of ideas, um, things down the road, but I told you that water park story, uh, ultimately, like I want to have that water park leg um, and also work with like kind of some of these bigger um, groups and, and, and just make more, more accessible, you know, waterproof, dishwasher safe uh, prostheses and um, products that, that are, are really um, kind of meeting this need that I, I've, I've, feel is, is really impacting a lot of people and, and that should be like solved. It's just a technology problem for me as an engineer. Like I, I really see myself just working on making these devices. I'm, I'm obviously not 
like building cars or you know spaceships, but I I feel like there's a big need here, um, and so I, I want to put more of my more of my talents focused on this. So so uh, um, definitely the funding would be would be very helpful. We are we do need um, some serious capital, like just to make those molding machines for the Navigator. Um, it's about hundred fifty thousand dollars for the the mold tools that we need. Um, so that's what, like, hopefully we will get there through Kickstarter, but honestly, like even just to run the Kickstarter successfully, we need dollars to, to make those 50 units that I mentioned to, to, um, do marketing, to, to get awareness, to do the Kickstarters. Um, it's expensive. So we probably need to raise like 150 K just to do the, um, 50k uh, Kickstarter, so we could get our tooling. Actually, yeah, um, just but, to get out of the but, starting gates uh, uh, can be very, very daunting. Yeah, you know the 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 number of amputees is growing. This is a this is a very very real community. However, it's it's quite underserved, and someone like yourself, you know, bringing your best self to this, wanting to promote the idea that people need to be mobile. They need to be moving. They need to be living out their lives in a way that they don't feel limits. Um, I think is is very very inspiring and shows a lot about who you are as a, a founder and a visionary in this field. I anticipate there's going to be great things on the horizon for you and your team. And thank again, you. that's liquidlimbs.com. James, I want to thank you for being here today. It's been such a pleasure. You know. Since we had our our first conversation on the phone, <clears throat> and I want to say, gosh, that was uh, I'm thinking that was like a couple. It was like over a year ago. <laughs> it had to be, and I it was like a year. It was about a year, probably a little bit less than that. Okay, like around, so I'm trying to remember <laughs> if you reached out to. I think you reached out to me. I want to. I want to um, say I, I was on another podcast uh, with uh, with James uh, Dixon. Uh, what's his? I forget his last name. Um, um, but I but I was on his podcast, and then he he told me to to talk to you. He said you were you were in the U.S. And then um, I just had you on my my list of people. Obviously, <laughs> we need a, a range of, of people to test our products <laughs> out. So you were at the top of my list, and um, I'm just so glad I stayed in touch because um, just your your words and um, kind of representation of the community has been really powerful for me to have that access and um, be able to kind of hear your thoughts on the product and and. Um, the confidence you've had in it has been very, very motivating for me going forward. Cause I, um, you know, I'm, I use the product myself and I've, you know, walked around on it and, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many laps I've done in, in my basement here, uh, walking on the product, sure. but I'm not an amputee and I, I don't need to use it. Like when I go to, I have showered with it, but I don't use it when I, when I take a shower normally. So like hearing someone that actually gets benefit directly from the product has been um so powerful to hear your words and uh um i'm i'm uh, so excited for you to keep try- keep trying these as as we make make the next ones and and uh i'm um, getting the word out also because because i i think um people like like want to listen to you also and, and hear what you what you think about these type of things so i'm, I'm glad that that you are a, a part of this also it's really important to me that 
that there's like a, a voice there. So yeah, no, I I feel like you and I are are engaging and are part of something much bigger than both mm. of us, right? Which is what this is all about. And I so appreciate you giving me the pleasure of not only interacting with you, but also being part of sort of this discovery process that you're going through right now, the way all yeah. this is coming together and materializing. James, I want everyone to check out liquidlimbs.com. And uh, again- And they can reach out. You can reach out to me directly. Um, James- uh, James Calcagni, or if you've sent us Liquid Limbs on, on social media, James, you, you reach out to me. Um, I, I'm happy to talk with you also. And uh, thank you, Rich. Thank you so much. This, is, this has really been an incredible um, opportunity just to tell this story. And, and uh, I think, like you said, we are. this is a lot bigger than just me or any, anybody else. This is something that's going to change lives. Hopefully, long after I'm gone, people will still be using the Navigator and, and still be... Oh, that's um, great part of this mission. So what a great, thank, what thank a great, what a great legacy to aspire to. I'm glad that I can be part of that energy. You are James Calcagni. I am Rick Bonkowski. This is the Amped Up to 11 podcast. I want to wish everyone health and happiness, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>